Okay. Good deal. All right, and I, I took and uploaded all that was on there to the service. It's not full now, so <clears throat> praise the Lord, praise the Lord. All right. No, no, it's okay. <clears throat> Amen. Praise the Lord. All right, if you have your Bibles with you this morning, I want you to turn with me to the book of Revelations, Revelations chapter 3, and we're going to go to verse 8. The Bible says, I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. Father, for the next few moments here this morning, I ask you to use me as a mouthpiece for the Holy Ghost. Lord, and I pray, God, that you would Give me the words to speak, Lord, and I ask you, God, to give us the spiritual ears to hear your voice in this word. Give us, O oh God, the spiritual eyes to see your path as you lay it out before us this morning and give us the God that wisdom to walk in that path. And everybody said, in Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. And I want to, uh, the title of the message today is The Door. The Door. <clears throat> in and throughout the Bible, from the beginning of time, have been many dispensations of time, according to God's calendar and according to His Word. And we're going to be talking further about that uh, in another lesson very soon, perhaps tonight. But today, I want to talk to you about the door. Now, in the dispensations that we have been in so far, we have gone through five, and we are now in the sixth dispensation out of seven. First was innocence. The second dispensation was conscience. The third dispensation was government. The fourth dispensation was promise. The fifth dispensation was law. And we are now in the sixth dispensation, which is the dispensation of grace. We are in the grace dispensation right now. But I'm going to tell you, church, we're not going to be in that dispensation much longer. Now... <clears throat> In Revelations 3 and 8, the Bible says, he said, I have set before thee an open door. Praise God. <clears throat> I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. So right now, we are in the part of the dispensation of grace where we are standing at an open door, an open door invitation. Now, I want us to look at Jeremiah 29. Go to Jeremiah 29. Jeremiah 29 and verse 11. And for sake of time, I'm going to move on. Jeremiah 29 and 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. 
Then shall ye call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. Notice the, notice the order of what happens here. He knows the thoughts he has towards you. He knows the plans, the thoughts of peace and not of evil, and to give to you, to give to you an expected end. His expectation for you is a great end. Notice here, we are in the grace dispensation where the door is open. You can boldly come unto him in this dispensation. You couldn't do that in the one before, and you certainly will not do it in the one after. This is a special dispensation in which you have the opportunity to boldly come directly to the open door of God. The curtain was rent so that you no longer had to depend on priests who may fail you, who may turn the whole thing upside down, and dear God, they have in this land. But that there will be no excuse that you can say, well, Listen, I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't do it because I had to, you know, uh, the, uh, the, I, I don't know, I did, the priest didn't stand in the gap for me. He's going to give account too, but that's not going to set you free. You have an opportunity to seek out your own salvation with fear and trembling. It does not say seek it out with a sharp mind. Seek it out with and study it and seek it out with your genius. Or seek it out and get you a doctorate degree and all that. It's to seek it out with fear and with trembling. Amen. Let me tell you something, buddy. If you know the God I'm talking about, you fear him. If you know the God that I'm talking about, you should be trembling because it's for all the marbles and hells forever, and most people are going there. Now, matter of fact, according to my Bible, two-thirds of the righteous are going there. I got Bible for that, and everyone in this building just about knows that I do. According to my Bible, two-thirds of the righteous people are not going to make it. Only a third of the righteous are going to make it. That's pretty few. That's pretty few. Now, so, okay, so then it says, he said, then, listen, listen to this. Now, this is talking about dispensation we're in. Then shall ye call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me. That ain't the Lord seeking you. That's you seeking God. That ain't no Jesus, I receive you. That is, oh dear God, Lord, forgive me. Oh dear God, Lord, I'm sorry. Oh dear God, forgive me for I am a wicked sinner. Lord, forgive me, Lord, please receive me, Jesus. The king receives you. You don't receive the king as these Church preachers preach so readily. Repeat after me, Lord, I receive you into my heart. Nonsense. You don't receive the king. Get on your face before God. The Bible says, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing, and I, being him, will receive you. That's how it works, folks. That's Bible. I don't care how many doctors of theology they got. 
that I just gave you is absolute Bible. That's how it really works. Okay. Now, so then he says, Then ye shall go, ye shall call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me. And when you do that, the Bible says, he says, And I will hearken unto you. That means, he says, I will hear you. That hearken is how that's spelled, hearken. I will hear you and respond. Hearken is what that means. And I will be found of you. <laughs> You're the one doing the searching, saith the Lord, and I will turn away your captivity. You know what that says? That says that if you ain't seeking God, you're captive. If you ain't seeking Jesus, you're a prisoner. And I will turn away your captivity because you know why? Because you can't do it yourself. And I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places whither I have driven you, saith the Lord, and I will bring you again into the place whence I caused you to be carried away captive. Amen. So, now, understand this dispensation we're in right now. <clears throat> There's a lot of people, <clears throat> excuse me, sometimes it may seem like it gets all over your feet in this church. It does. It does get all over your feet. You know why that is? Why is that, Sister Erica? It's designed for that. That's how it's designed. It's designed to get all over your feet. Church is not made to make you comfortable. Church is not made to make you feel comfortable. Church is made to sharpen you up. Church is made to purify you. Nothing in any purification process is a walk in the park. Nothing in any purification process is comfortable. No kind of way. Because in a purification process... It takes great measures to get the impurities out of you. And so what this word is designed for is to sharpen you. It is to purify you. And it is to help you find him while he may be found. Church, I'm telling you right now, we make excuses. We are a people that are riddled with excuses. We are. All of us, every one of us. We are complacent. We are lazy. We are lethargic. We are slothful. And we're creatures of habit, too. We get in the habit of doing those things. Let me just ask you a question. If this word wasn't so sharp as it is in this church, would you be where you are today? It's the sharpness of that word that keeps our feet in that path and holds us here. It holds us in place. It's designed that way. Amen. And so, while we are yet in an open, standing before an open door, I want to tell you right now, church, if, and, and you better hear me today, if you will not serve him now, you're in a world of trouble. You're in a world of trouble in the days to come, because I'm telling you, this notion that all this is okay and that we're cool and the world is coming back up and the economy's doing well and it's all wonderful. I, I just cannot stress this enough. You have no idea how fast this is going to happen when it does. Boom, just like that. 
in a twinkling of an eye. And I'm not talking about the rapture. I'm talking about collapse. When the stock market fell in the, in the 20s and 30s, it happened, boom, just like that. One day people were wealthy. The very next day, boom, they were absolutely homeless. They were destitute and broke. People were jumping out of windows of high-rise buildings, man. I'm telling you right now, man, that was a walk in the park. Because there were very few rich people back then. Honey, there's millions of millionaires now. And when all their money's gone, not only, not only... Are they going to be out of money? But they ain't got the first clue how to survive in a situation without money. Dear God, what do you mean Heinz ketchup don't grow on trees? Now, I want to tell you, it's coming so, so quickly. I'm going to just give you a reiteration here of something that you may have forgotten. Let me help you get your mind around how broke we are. I'm going to help put it into, into, into reality. I'm going to help you understand how broke this nation is. You have no idea because people don't talk about it. They're talking about how the economy's doing good and all that. Let me tell you something. The debt clock is counting so fast. I showed it to you here one day, how fast it's counting up. At, at this time, which is probably a couple of, or a year ago, we were $16.394 trillion in debt. This, this nation. Let me just tell you how much money that is. Let me tell you how much $1 trillion is. Just let me help you wrap your mind around that. A trillion dollars. If I was to hand you a $100 bill every second, every second, a $100 bill, that's one, two, Three, four, five, six, seven. If I did that every second, round the clock at a hundred bill, a hundred dollar bill per time, it would take me three hundred and seventeen years to hand you one trillion dollars. Now, now let me help you understand how long it would take at that rate to reach the debt we're at. If I handed you a $100 bill every second, round the clock, it would take, and that is $100 per second, $6,000 per minute, $360,000 per hour, $8,640,000 per day. It would take me 5,197 years to get you to where we're at in debt right now. Five. 1,197 years. That's the kind of debt we're in. And that's exactly what the Bilderbergs are after because they've got the money. And people have no idea they're selling this gold and all that kind of stuff right now. This is just a little side note. They're getting people to, to buy gold. You know why they're doing that? Because that helps them get the cash. They're getting your cash. And in the event of a financial collapse, they confiscate the gold. 
just like they did in the collapse of the Depression. They confiscate the gold. They know exactly where the gold's at, and now there's satellites that know wherever ounce of gold is anywhere. And so, and they keep track of where that gold goes. So then not only do they have the gold, but they got your cash too. See what I mean? They got your cash and the gold. You're in poverty. They've created, they're already outlawing growing gardens, and it's already illegal in some places to, to grow your own garden now because you have to have licenses under the state. They're, they're making it impossible. Even a lot of the plants now are hybrid plants that can't even reproduce. They're harvesting and storing all these seeds, and they're going to eliminate a lot of the people like you and me. We're called feeders. And the ones like me, I ain't got a chance because of what I stand for and what I preach. I'm called a dissenter. So they'll kill me quick, and I just say, praise God, where's it, where's it at? Let me go. If somebody wanted to kill me today, I would gladly just say, please do it right now. Please take me out of here. Just take me out of here. I have no desire to live in this world any longer. I'm sick of this filthy, wicked world. I don't want nothing to do with it. The only reason I'm here now is because I, I work for Jesus. He can come get me anytime he wants to, and I'll be just as happy as I can be. But right now, we're standing in an open door. That door is going to close, folks. But yet, while we're here, let's look at some scriptures. Sister Erica, Matthew eleven twenty eight and 29. Sister Tara, Isaiah 55, 6 through 11. Now, I want to go to John 10 right quick. I want you all to go with me here because I want to show you some stuff here. And actually, I'm going to go to the Greek here too and show you something here today that you might not have seen before. Or that you might have seen and just maybe didn't get the full understanding because it's a new school. I'm going to John, yeah, John chapter 10 right now as well. So hold your places, those that have uh, that, that have a scripture I just gave you. And uh, let's go to John 10 as well because I want you all to go with me here as well. Okay. Now, okay. Now, notice here how that the Bible In John 10, note it, huh? Oh, okay. Now, notice here, notice what he says here. Now, we're talking about the open door today. He says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, that he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. You see that? Now, whoever's got, and we're going to go through this, we're going to break this down a little bit here, just a little bit, okay? Jesus says later in this, in this right here, he says, Jesus saith unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. See that? In verse 7, he says, I am the door. We, also, we understand that Jesus is the door. You cannot come in. But through the name of Jesus. That's why we're baptized in the name of Jesus. You cannot, you know, God made it that way. People have a hard time understanding that Jesus himself is God. He's God Almighty. Because he prayed in, in, in to the Father and all this kind of stuff. But you have to understand, the only part that was Jesus was the flesh. 
it was the vessel that God came down and robed himself in. That was the son. But that which was inside of him was God himself. And because the flesh, see, in us is the spirit of God or the spirit of the enemy. But it's up to us to subdue this flesh and not allow this flesh to win over of our thoughts, to win over of our doing and actions. We need to control that. He said, bringing into captivity ever thought unto the obedience of Christ. That which is in me, we have to get a control of that. It's hard to do, church, because it's a constant battle going on inside of you. Should I go? Should I not? Yes, I know I should, but... Ah, man, I've got this and I've got that. Uh, should I do that? Oh, man, I know that's not good to do that, but I've got this. Well, you, know, you try to justify it. There's a battle going on. There was a battle going on with Jesus. Jesus was all flesh. The flesh side of him was all flesh. But that inside of him was God himself. God himself. And because Jesus listened to the Spirit, he tuned his ears into the Spirit, and he listened to the voice inside of him saying, do this, do that, don't do this, don't do that. And though that flesh was crying out, oh, my, wow, look at that. Now, that would be fun. Or, oh, man, that looks good. Oh, wow, man, you know. But that voice inside of him said, well, I understand that, but that's not for you. You have a mission. You have a job to do. You must be obedient even unto death because I have a purpose for this. And so Jesus was in all points tempted as we, yet without sin. That's what allowed him to shed his physical blood. And it was the blood of his sinless obedience that caused him to be the blameless sacrifice now see here the we know that the lord is the door jesus because because he was obedient unto death god said he was given a name because when all this came about this was going to be the new covenant so when when you heard when you heard the voice that was speaking through the flesh that was jesus it was the voice of god speaking his word it was god speaking that word using the tongue and the lips of a fleshly vessel called Jesus. And because, because Jesus never sinned, because he did not give in to the fleshly desires as we do, that's the reason God said, you come, any man comes to me is going to come through that flesh right there, through that name. Because he didn't do what you did. He did not give in like you did. He did not let go. He did not live and let live. He was obedient to me. He gave his life for me and never sinned once. He was tempted just like you, but he did not sin. And if you're going to come to me, you're coming through him. That's why he made that name above every name. And he commanded that even the devils in hell, everything in heaven and earth and beneath the earth will bow to that name because it represents the one that did not give in and the one that was obedient even unto death. Understandest thou what thou hearest today? Okay. Now, so, let's go back up here and it says, What the heck happened there? 
It does have a miser's own. Devil working today, ain't he? It was on 10. Oh, you know what? This thing has a deal right here that uh, I'm pushing them buttons and it makes it, it, it. I can move. I can move the scriptures there too. All right. All right. Let's go to verse 10, chapter 10. Okay. Now, notice here. Verily I say unto you, he that entereth in not by the door into the sheepfold. See, you can't enter in. There's only one way in. You're going to come through the name of Jesus, not the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. You're going to come in through the name of Jesus or you're not in. It's just that simple. The sheepfold is what? What's the sheepfold? No, that ain't heaven. What's the sheepfold? The church is the sheepfold. How do you get into the church? Baptized in the name of Jesus. No, that, this ain't the church right here. The people are the church. He don't dwell in, in, in buildings made with hands. He dwells in us. Amen. He said the, the Spirit of the Lord dwelleth not in buildings made or, or, or houses built with hands. Amen. Okay, so we are, we are the church. But you know what? Coming in a building that calls itself a church coming, does not make you the church. You don't come in here to become the church. You don't, you don't become the church to become the bride. You become the bride, and that makes you the church. But until you're the bride, I don't care how many buildings you sit in and call themselves a church. There's a 15, 20 million people across this world right now sitting in buildings that say this church, that church, this church, that church, and they ain't been baptized in the name of Jesus. They are not the church. They are not the church because you don't become the church to become the bride. You become the bride, and the bride of Christ is the church. And until you take on his name and marry him, you're not the bride. And he ain't about to enter into no blood covenant with you until you are his bride. He's not going to cut the covenant with you until you're his bride, until you make that commitment and you accept and agree to his covenant. He said, my covenant, which I will make with them. I will make with them in that day a new covenant. Amen. So, okay, but here it says... But he that entereth, oh, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. Okay, what's he talking about there, Sister Tara? He that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. That's very good, because most people, even most preachers would say that's Jesus. But it's not Jesus. That is the pastors. You got it written down? Okay, look here. There's the Greek word right there. See? Poimain, shepherd, pastor. See that? Okay, that's what it means. He that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. Okay, now listen carefully. If... If any man climb up another way, he's a thief and a robber because he's stealing from you. He's robbing you, and there ain't going to be nothing in return for it, honey. It's robbery. He's a thief. But he that entereth in by the door, in other words, I was baptized in Jesus' name. Amen. I am married to the king. Praise God. I am his soldier. I am uh, I am the bride of Christ. Praise God. I am the church. Amen. Now, here, understand how this ties in with other scriptures as well. I'm going to show you here in a second. He said, he enters in by the door. He's the shepherd of the sheep. 
<laughs> okay, now, and to him the porter, which is the Lord, openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name and leadeth them out. I know every one of you. I call you by your name, and I lead you. Amen. I lead you. And you know what it says? Amen. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. You can't leave this church and go somewhere else because they'd be a stranger. You wouldn't follow them. Somebody tried to come tell you, well, now, my goodness, now, that crazy, that crazy cowboy pastor, now, he's a nut. You got to just come on over here now. Everybody's saved. You, even your dog going with you. Hey, man, you're you're saved, you're saved, you're saved, you're saved. Everybody's saved, everybody's saved, saved. But you know what? You know what Paul said in another place? He said, hey, he said, hey, you know, you know what we have preached unto you. You follow it because you know from whom you heard it. Amen. You know, and you will never hear me say, oh, well, you know, now this is how it is. No, it's the Bible says. The Bible says, and not only will the Bible say, I'll take you to the Bible and show it to you. I'll show it to you in the Greek. Amen. I don't care what they're saying out there, how many doctor's degrees they got. This is right. Amen. You can't argue with the Word of God. Praise the Lord. And this breaks it down to where it came from. Hallelujah. Amen. I didn't write this stuff. This is God. Hallelujah. Now, let's go further. Okay. Now, I want somebody to get me a scripture here, too. Brother Edward, you're going to get me a scripture here. Yeah, we're going to get that, but we're not... We're not going to get them just a second. Give me a second here. Okay. Brother Edward, get me Romans 10, 14, and 15. Now, here it says, to, Okay, to him the porter openeth, the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name and leadeth them out. Let me tell you something. When you get so big, when you get so big that you don't know your people by name, honey, it's time to start a daughter work somewhere. Because uh, you need to know who it is that's under you, and you need to know the status of them as well. And if you have under-shepherds under you, such as assistant pastors and things like that, somebody needs to know them. They need to know what they're doing in your church. They need to know what's going on in their life if they're going to be in your church. Because you can't just let any kind of nonsense up in the house of God. You better believe it. And I don't want to take the church down. A little leaven leaven at the whole lump. If you've got a church running on high octane, here comes uh, 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 waterboard Sally. Come in here, water barrel Bill comes in and just pours water all up in your in your high octane fuel. For long, it's going to start going. <laughs> Next thing you know, the church ain't going to be running like a well-oiled sewing machine. It's going to be running like a truck that you pour water in the gas tank. Amen. Now, okay, and a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. This parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not what things they were which he spake unto them. Then said Jesus unto them again, Verily I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Now, oh, no, 
thought I was fixing to have to break crazy on this thing. Ah. The thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and destroy, and I am come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. Okay, now, what's that say over there, brother, in the scripture that you have? Now, notice up here it says that uh, he's the, he's the uh, uh, shepherd of the sheep, amen, and you, uh, another's, he speaks, and the sheep know his voice, and a stranger will they not follow. Go ahead, now, here, remember this scripture right here. <coughs> See that? And how shall he preach except they be sent? Remember the message back there on the wall that says, follow the sent, S-E-N-T. Amen. So that's the thing. These people that are out there preaching, they didn't come up the right way. And that'll tell you they're not called of God because there's only one way into the sheepfold. If you don't come in by the name of Jesus Christ, amen, then you did, you're a thief and a robber. They're taking up offering this morning, and big offerings, I might add, and they're thieves, and they're robbers. There ain't going to be no reward for that. Their reward's going to be hell. Hell to pay, buddy. People are buying a spot in hell today. I mean, there's people paying big money for a spot in hell today. Yeah. I could take you to a parking lot full of them right now. And, man, and I mean, their businesses are blowing up, son. I mean, got cars out. One of them that owns a, 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 a Chick-fil-A, son, you can't even drive down the highway next to that thing. I mean, round the clock, morning to night, is two lanes, round the building, round the building, down the street, supposing that gain is godliness from such turn away. But they'll tell you straight up, oh, God bless my business, Lord, you bless my business. they supposing that gain is godliness. That's what they're measuring their walk with God by. You know what? That guy may have money. He ain't got near the money Donald Trump has. And Trump ain't, Trump ain't making it unless he does some serious changing. <laughs> See what I mean? Some of the richest people in the world. I was looking yesterday. Some of these rappers and things, man. 150, 200, 3, 4, 500, 700, 870 million dollars. And most of them are thugs. Drug, drug doing, whoremonging thugs, man. Criminals. Tears on their eyes where they've killed people. Man, it's one solid tattoo from the tip of their head to the bottom of their feet. I was watching a documentary yesterday about this guy had the tip from the tips of his fingers to the bottoms of his feet. Eyelids, everything, completely covered with tattoos. And this woman had had been assisted him in killing some people. They robbed them, and they, and they killed them. And this ain't, he'd done it, man, 50 times he'd robbed people. You know, the whole show was about him talking about what a snitch she was because she was telling on him. Not one time did he mention that I, I did wrong or anything like that. Yeah, she's a snitch. She's a snitch. Yeah, I hate it that she's a snitch. She's a snitch. Say, man, well, what the heck are you? You're the one did it. 
Not one word about that. But you see this world out there, as rich as they are in all facets of life, you got drug kingpins and stuff like that all over the world. I mean, man, in every walk of life, there's drugs and sex and, and illicit sex and, 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 and sex slavery and all the things. It's all across this world. You know what? You could take any drug dealer just about in this world right now today. And did you know you could ask them if they think they'd make heaven? Most of them would tell you yes. They have no idea because ain't nobody telling them any different. All right. So, all those people out there preaching any other thing than what I'm preaching, the Bible says if, if, if we... Let's go to, I want to just, to, just to kind of capitalize on it, just to reiterate where we're at right now. Go over to Galatians, Galatians chapter 1, <clears throat> 8 and 9. <clears throat> Listen carefully to this. I want you to understand something today. Uh, Sister Rhonda, would you get me a scripture, please, ma'am? Would you go over to the book of Acts for me? Go to chapter 2 and we'll go to verse 42, please, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. And that, we're going to read that one first before we go to the uh, Galatians. Acts chapter 2, verse 42, if you would, please. Now, understand here, this is when Peter preached the first message on the day of Pentecost. He preached the message on the day of Pentecost, and then shortly afterwards he said, you know, that there were many that were saved that day, there were uh, many that were baptized. It's any that believed and were, and were baptized. They that gladly received the word were baptized. They weren't saved, but they were baptized. Amen. Okay, because baptism doesn't save you. Amen. You've got to endure this to the end. Then shall the same be saved. Amen. Who did he that endure to the end, the same shall be saved. Baptism don't save you. I'm going to tell you right now, people that think it does, oh, no. The Lord gave me an express vision of that. And there was a boy who, who I baptized in the prison in the name of Jesus, and the angel cut his head, cut him in a hundred pieces, and his head rolled out and hit my boot, rolled straight up, and it, looking straight up at me, he was dead on a doornail with his little earring hanging in his ear, and it was one I recognized. I recognized him. I had baptized him in prison, and his head rolled out and hit, me, hit my boot right there. And he had just been judged and found wanting, obviously. And the angel looked at me. He looked down at me because he was a big angel. He looked down at me like that. He looked over at him and he said, cute earring, ain't it? Wasn't no nonsense in that angel. He wasn't playing. And he was just as serious. But he had love for me. I appreciate that. You know what? I wasn't ready to meet him. I wasn't ready to meet him. Because when he asked me, are you ready? Man, I knew it was too late. I thought I was. I said, uh, yeah, I guess so. You know, judge me. And the next words out of his mouth was, tell you what I want you to do. Praise God. Praise God, because not one person before me got that option. Not one person. It wasn't my time yet. It was not my time yet. Everyone before me that I saw, not one made it. He said out of the thousands upon thousands that had been judged, 161 people, I think, had made it. He told me that. I think it was 161. It's been a long time, but it's on a tape. I've got it on one of those sermons. 
that I preached shortly after I had that vision. Yes, and he said, uh, out of all the thousands that I have judged, 161 people or something like that. And he said, I'll tell you what I want you to do. I want you to go over here and help these people. Wasn't too long after that, I found myself over at a church right down here in Tomball. And that's when they did what they did. And that's when God said, okay, that's what you want. Now, come on over here. Because I tried. I tried. Amen. Okay. Sister Rhonda, would you read 242 for me? Look at that next verse. And fear. See that? <clears throat> now, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. The apostles' doctrine is what I preached. I preached the apostles' doctrine. I preached the same doctrine that the apostles preached. And it's found in the book of Acts. It's found throughout the whole Bible. But as the apostles preached it. Now, let me tell you, there's a lot of people out there that don't preach anything that the apostles preach. They don't preach Jesus' name, baptism. They don't preach uh, being filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues. They don't preach miracles, signs, and wonders. They don't preach that stuff anymore. They think that's time, things of the past. They don't preach uh, uh, baptism being mandatory and all those sort of things. The apostles did preach that, okay? And let me tell you, they don't preach fear at all. And the Bible says fear came upon all. That heard the word. Amen. Yes, sir. Because I'm going to tell you something. If you don't fear God, you'll never make it. You'll never make it. Love will bring you. Fear will keep you. Amen. Once a child loses their fear of the parent, you're done with that child. And they're done with you. You're done with that child. You've lost your authority when the fear is gone. See? And so it's the same way with the kingdom of God. 